So this is the most wonderful time of the year, right? Would you say like for you, this is the season you look forward to in a year? Anybody? Like this is your time of the year? Okay, um, I guess the rest of you are just Scrooges. That's okay. Uh, no problem with that. So for some of us, it is the most wonderful time of the year. For, for others of us, uh, we're still trying to get ready. And, and then there's still others that this time of year, uh, it's difficult and painful. And there's all kinds of different circumstances that maybe we find ourselves in, but it can be just hard, just hard. I was um, researching just, uh, just this last week. There's this study out of UC Berkeley that they began to analyze uh, yearbook photos and then come to these certain conclusions. So I brought one of my yearbook photos so I could just sort of lead the way. Uh, when I was a little boy, there's one of my yearbook photos. So I, I need you to do this really quickly. Like make one of your yearbook photo faces right now and then look to somebody on the right and the left and show them one of your yearbook photo poses. Go. Come on, 730. You can do this. Don't be shy. Okay, how many of you, like your yearbook photo face was like mean mugging? You're like, Anybody? Do we have any mean ones? Did, did anybody have like duck lips when you just did your yearbook photo? How many of you were smiling? Just raise your hand if you were smiling. Okay. So in this study from UC Berkeley, they measured the smile of your yearbook photo and said the wider the smile, the more likely you were later on in life to have happiness in marriage, to score higher on general uh, standardized tests of happiness and well-being. So now make the widest smile possible so you really have one of those good lives. The widest smile possible, look to somebody behind you, somebody in front of you and show off that beautiful smile and those pearly whites. Are you doing it? There you go, you're doing it. So we can smile, and I don't know all about that study, it sounds a little strange to me, but we can make the smiles, but here's what we know. We know that smiles can still be superficial. We know that, that we can smile on our face and on the outside look a certain way and still inside be hurting and in turmoil, and the smile may not represent what's really going on. But the reality of the Christmas stories within Scripture, the birth of Jesus' stories, are these promises of hope and of peace and of joy, no matter what's going on, of God desiring to do a deep, deep work in us, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of, of where we find ourselves in, that, that we should never underestimate what God can do what God may be up to doing, even when we don't see him at work. Luke chapter 2 is uh, one of the stories of the birth of Jesus that is one of the most famous stories of this time of year. And I'm going to just read a, a good portion of this story. It's this, the version, the story of where the angels come and speak to shepherds to tell them the good news. I'll start reading in verse 1. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Uh, just simply there, we're, we're being told by Luke, this is a real time, in a real place, and these are real people. This is real history that Luke is recording for us. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, 
because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in wrapping paper. Just making sure you're paying attention. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There was no room. Uh, there was no place for them. So Jesus was, was wrapped in cloths and, and put in a manger, a feeding trough. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. That's what shepherds do. They keep watch over the sheep. And an angel of the Lord appeared up in the heavens and appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Uh, the original language of this word literally means they were mega afraid, mega scared, meaning like the kind of scared where you run for your life or you're paralyzed with fear. They were mega afraid, terrified. You see, the interesting thing about these Christmas stories is time and again, uh, God speaks to the most unlikely characters. There's the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth, and by all earthly accounts, they're too old. They've missed their opportunity. It's too late. But God says, I specialize in those that are too old, too late, missed their opportunity. I do some of my best work in them. Mary and Joseph are too young. They're just a boy and a girl by our standards. But God says, I specialize in working through the young. The Magi, the wise men, they're foreigners. They're from a distant land. They're not the Jewish people. And God says, I love all people. And now we have shepherds. The blue collar, like Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs. You know what that show is? Like the Dirty Jobs guys of the world of that day. Uh, these are shepherds. They live with sheep. They take care of sheep. If you know anything about sheep, sheep are stinky and sheep are dumb. And these shepherds are always with them so they smell like the sheep. And it's God again saying, it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter what you've done, I do some of my best work in the most unlikely people and in the most unlikely places. And the angel in verse 10 says to them, Do not be afraid. There's nothing to fear with God. There's nothing to fear when God begins to speak, when God begins to lead, when God begins to invite you. There's nothing to fear. Do not be afraid. I bring you. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, what if the angel would have spoken and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you some information. I need you to pay attention. Or what if the angel would have said, I'm going I'm to give you some news and it's okay news, but, but what I need you to do is, is just know that this good news is for some people. It's like for those people, but it's not for those people. What, what kind of difference would that have made? But what the angel says is, I have good news that will cause great joy for all people. Doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. I have good news that will cause great joy. It will cause this joy to erupt, to begin to invade, to begin to saturate every area of your life, every circumstance you find yourself in, that great joy will be yours. 
when you receive, if you receive the good news. And so the angel is making this declaration. So what is this good news exactly? The angel says in verse 11, today, Christmas day, the day we celebrate is Jesus' birth. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you and you and you and you. A savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Here's the good news. The good news, a savior has been born. And the reason that it is such good news is because we need a savior. That that we as humans, men and women, boys and girls, we are in a condition where we need a savior. We have a sinful nature. We've made bad, wrong, sinful decisions. So we need a savior because we can't save ourselves. And so God said, I've got a solution. I'll send a savior. And so God becomes flesh in this baby Jesus. God comes as a savior to enter into the messes of our lives not to say if you get yourself together then you can come to me God comes to us to save us the angel also says he is Messiah he is Lord Uh, Messiah Lord meaning that he's come to deliver he's come to give us freedom that the, the way that we've been created to live is freely and we become ourselves as we receive this gift of joy, this gift of good news, this gift of life that Jesus provides. And so he says, you'll find this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This angel is making this declaration. And then all of a sudden, the skies are filled with angels, a heavenly host. And it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying... It literally means singing, like declaring glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. They're singing, they're declaring, they're praising God, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Do you think we need a little bit of peace on earth today? Do you think we need a little bit of God's peace in our homes and in our hearts And the angels are praising, the angels are singing, the angels are saying there is good news that will cause great joy for everyone. Jesus has been born. And this changes things. It changes things. Now now you may say you've got this circumstance, you've got this situation and it's hard, it's painful. Maybe there's suffering involved and and maybe you would say, "But, but is Jesus going to change that? And I would say, well, maybe, I don't know, but I know that I know that I know he can change you and me in the midst of this. He could come and he can meet us in our mess. He, he could come and meet us in our suffering. And, and those circumstances may not always change, but we can always be changed. And he may give us hope in the middle of our despair. He may give us joy in the middle of our pain. He may give us peace in the midst of confusion. And that's him showing up and changing things. 
And the greatest changes that God does is in people like me and you. Let me try to explain this a little bit. Britt, can you help me for a second? We're going to talk about this foundation of what it means if we receive this declaration, this promise of of joy when it comes to us. First of all, we get this idea. What's this word? Sing. Okay. So the angels are declaring. Just stay right there, Britt, for a second. The angels are declaring. They're praising. They're glorifying. They're singing out glory to God in the highest. They're declaring there's good news that will cause great joy for all people. And, and so there's this aspect of our hearts singing, our souls rejoicing in who God is. This is more than a smile on the face. It's a song in the heart. It's joy in our soul, deep, deep down, regardless of circumstances that God wants to do in us. Hand me that other box. What's this word? Waj. Where'd it go? Perfect. Joy. Not a smile on the face, superficially. Not happy. Happy is still superficial. Joy that is deep. Joy that endures. Joy that isn't rooted in earth and dirt and circumstance. But joy that is given from God. A Savior has been born. This good news will cause great joy. Some of you would say, I've never had joy like that. I've never experienced that. Maybe this Christmas is your Christmas to experience that. To not just sing the songs about God, but not know Him. Not experience the joy. But to sing, and our hearts sing, and our souls rejoice. Full of joy because... God has given us this joy. Others of us maybe would say, I've had that, I've experienced that in the past, but it's it's gone. Life got hard. Things went wrong. My plans didn't work out. The good news for this joy is this. Thank you. Can we thank Britt real quick for helping me out? The good news is this. It's renewable. It can be refreshed. It's not a one-time event that God says, get this right, and then you better figure it out. It's new every day that God wants to renew, refresh our joy. That, that we could join with the angels in praising and glorifying and worshiping and in honoring God, not because of our circumstance, but because A baby has been born, a Savior has come, the Messiah, the Lord is here and he wants to work in our lives. He wants to work in our hearts. He wants to change us. Even if our circumstances don't change, that we can then live differently. That we can then act differently. And there's a choice that has to be made. There's a decision that we either choose to believe and receive or not. But the angel's announcement, their declaration of joy, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to believe. 
It's an invitation to rejoice and not just hear about it, not just sing about it, but experience it in our lives. So do this real quick. Think about a circumstance, a situation that you would say that's that's just hard, that's difficult. Maybe it's something off of TV. Maybe it's in your own life. Maybe it's someone you know you love that you would say that's just difficult to struggle And then what would it look like if joy began to emerge in that circumstance? What would it look like if joy just began to invade that pain, that hurt, that hard time? The shepherds, though, they still have a choice. They have a decision. They can receive him. They can believe. They could just go and do their own thing and not even pay attention. So we get to verse 15 and When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Let's see it with our own eyes, which the Lord has told us about. They believed, they started to seek, they they went to look. Verse 16 says, so they hurried off. And I always wonder, what about the sheep? What did you do with the sheep? You just left the sheep? That's a whole nother story, sorry. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They're telling everyone, he's the Savior, he's Messiah, he's the Lord. It's it's good news, It, it causes great joy, it causes rejoicing. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. All who heard it were amazed that could it be, is this true? But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. The same language of the angels in heaven rejoicing, praising, declaring, singing. Now the shepherds are doing the same thing. Glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That The shepherds are like, it's true, it's real. Like God is who he says he is. Jesus, a savior has been born. There's great joy in this good news. It was so good, it changed things. They changed them and they had to tell people about it. Like, that's what we do when something good happens, right? When something good impacts us, we have to tell others, right? Like, have you seen Star Wars? We want to tell other people about it once we've seen it, right? We don't hold it to ourselves. How much more? How much more when we receive good news that causes great joy for all people? How much more when we understand a Savior has been born, the Messiah has come, He is Lord, and we can be rejoicing in that and who He is. No matter what the circumstance, no matter the situation we find ourselves in, great joy can be ours through Jesus. And so maybe this Christmas is the Christmas you don't just sing the songs and you don't just go through the motions and you just don't have a smile on your face, but you have a song in your heart. You have joy deep, deep down in your soul because you receive Jesus and joy is birthed in you because of who he is and what he does. 
Or maybe you have been wondering, you've, you've been searching, that joy you used to have, it's gone and maybe this Christmas it's renewed, it's refreshed again. You remember what it's really all about. Our hope and our prayer was that this Christmas would be that for you. A Christmas of rejoicing, of celebrating, of glorifying and praising God for who he is and for this great, great gift of Jesus. So in just a moment, we're going to sing one of our favorite classics, Oh Holy Night, not just as a song, not just as lyrics with our mouth, but a song from our heart, joy in our soul to worship, to honor God for who he is. But before we sing, do you need to pray? Before we sing, do you just need to confess? Do you just need to say, God, help me. God, speak to me. Maybe, God, I'm sorry. I want to rejoice in the best news ever. Can I just pray over you real quick? God, for every man, for every woman, every boy, every girl in here who hears my voice, God, will you speak? Would you let them know that this good news is true and it can be theirs? We have to choose. We have to believe. But it's available. And let us not just hear about angels' declarations or songs that speak of the Messiah's birth. We want to experience this joy for ourselves. We want to experience this peace, this hope for ourselves. Would you lead us, God, to be rejoicing people? regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what's going on around us, that we would see you are a faithful God. You are at work in the good and the bad. In the painful and the confusing, you are still God and you are still Emmanuel. You're still there. You're still present. You're still at work. You are a God who is this great orchestrator and you can take all things, all things, and work them together for good. So help us to trust you. I pray that you would give joy to those who need it so desperately. As some of us lift up a prayer and say, God, help us. Would you be to us our helper, a God of grace, a God of mercy. For those who call out, God, please forgive me. Would you be the one who sets us free, our Savior. We ask that you would move in our lives, in our hearts, not just for a smile on our face, but for a song in our heart, joy in our soul. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.